This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 131. Strangers and Aliens, summer movie series. Transformers, Age of Extinction. Hello, and welcome to Strangers and Aliens. Although, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you might think you're listening to a different podcast because I am here with two other people from other podcasts, and I would like them to introduce themselves now. Introduce yourself and what podcast you're from, please. Yes, in alphabetical order, I am Matt Anderson. You can find me at The Sci-Fi Christian, which is at thescifichristian.com. And we're also joined here today by Daniel Butcher of Welcome to Level 7. Found it, welcometolevel7.com. Yes, and I'm Ben Avery and Dr. Jason Steve are not here um, primarily because they had no interest in this movie at all. I I think you could actually measure their interest in negative numbers if you could measure interest in using numbers. So I got these guys in because these guys went and saw the movie (laughs) and paid the money. So it's weird. My wife asked to see this movie. Oh, because of Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Yeah, because of Wahlburgers. Okay. (laughs) So um, we're going to do this slightly different, though. Uh, We are going to talk about Transformers Age of Extinction. And we are going to normally the the bulk of the discussion goes toward the beginning before we get into spoilers. And we talk about um, things we like, things we didn't. And we give it a grade and we say who we recommend it to and that kind of thing. We are jumping – we're going to do that much, much in a much more uh, quick and streamlined manner. We're going to give our grades, tell us who we recommend it to, and then we're going to go to spoilers because <laughs> um, I want the conversation to run free. I want the conversation to to be able to just go where it's going to go as we're talking about Transformers Age of Extinction. So, uh, I'm going to start with a quick, a quick uh, plot synopsis of this three-hour movie. All right, the movie starts six million years ago, uh, which is actually it felt it felt like in the theater when it was done that it had started six million years ago. But um, we're finding out things about the creators of the Transformers, and then there's lots of explosions, and Mark Wahlberg does stuff, and. Um, and at the end, Optimus Prime gives a speech and flies away. Don't forget the teenage daughter with shorts that are way too short. That's true. That's true. There she are does stuff too. There, yeah, there are definitely. There, there, there's actually. There's one scene where the teenage daughter's father is framed in the screen between and beneath her his daughter's shorts and legs. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of goes into. I mean, I want the conversation to flow, but you know, we're, we're no no spoilers right now, other than than that. But it's a it's a Michael Bay movie, so explosions, lingering on explosions, and lingering on women. That's what the camera does. So yeah, guys, let's start then with what grade do you give this movie, and do you recommend it? And if you do, who do you recommend it to? And so we'll start with you, Matt. All right. Well. You know what? I, I want to start this off on a positive note, so I'm going to give it a D plus. And so uh, I think I would recommend it. I mean, I w- man, oh man, I have some friends uh, and some friends that have actually guest hosted on this very show that I know probably love this movie, and they just are into brainless action, and that's okay. Some people are into that, so that's not necessarily my cup of tea. So if you're into brainless action. You probably would really like this. Uh, if you like robots, go go check it out. I mean, it's pretty awesome there. Lots of robots. Uh, if you're really looking forward to seeing the Dinobots in action, then don't go for that reason. Because even though they're heavily featured in the trailer, it's not heavily featured in the movie itself. Um, I think that's it. Or maybe if you are just a lifelong, long-time fan of the Transformers from your childhood, maybe then. But if you didn't like the other movies, you're not going to like this one. And if you did like them, you will like this one. All right. Daniel. Well, I'm going to start off on a semi-positive note and say I'm someone who likes brainless action. 
I like it when things just blow up real big. And there was some nice things blew up for no apparent reason scenes in this movie. Yeah, they blew up big. But here's the problem with that. If you like that, you like about 90 minutes of it, not 180. <laughs> so I don't think people who like mindless violence are going to enjoy this because it's too long. Mm, yeah. Because if you're there for the mindless violence, you need to be in and out in two hours. And that's not going to happen. I had to shave when I left this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about the – I think you said about three hours, but wasn't it, – is it two hours and 45 minutes? Yeah, and that's including the 10 minutes of credits. Okay. But throw yeah. in the trailers. Right, right. No, you're sitting in the theater for three hours. Oh, yeah, easy. Yeah. You know, I so, didn't, I didn't um, stay for the credits. Did anybody wait to see if there was a, a after credit scene? Oh, no, you know ready. what? I had to <laughs> – I always stayed through the credits. Even before uh-huh. after credits th- th- scenes were a thing, I stayed through the credits. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm a hipster like that. But um, I do have a story about some people I was watching the movie with. In the, the couple? Theater. They were there. Oh, the, the couple, couple? was there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's a, are you for real? The couple was there again? Well, you know, it's 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 the couple. Um, you know, I'm in a theater, so I can't see their face. So I, I'm not going to say they're the same person every time. But in my mind, there's a continuing narrative of this couple, you know, it, it, the first time we went and saw a movie and, and they were there, it was an illicit affair. Uh, but then now they're, they're together and I think they might've divorced their, their previous spouses. Mm-hmm. Um, but today or not today, but when I went and saw transformers, uh, age of extinction, the couple was there and, um, their relationship has definitely progressed. He has stopped smoking Oh, because she's pregnant. And the way I know this is because as soon as the theater cleared out of everyone except for me and the couple, um, he pulled out his electronic cigarettes oh, wow. and started smoking in the theater. So I knew that he had stopped smoking because she was pregnant. So I'm wondering if maybe, you know, after they have the baby, they're not, I'm not going to see them in the theater as often. But Or maybe he'll find a new lady. Uh, you never know. You never know. We'll see. But this is the continuing narrative of the, of the couple. I was really surprised. I'm rooting for them. I hope they stick together. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I have two categories of people that I recommend this movie for. Okay. Um, I recommend this movie for people who have feelings of loathing and like to do harm to themselves. I think that this is a good choice for them. And I recommend it to Steven because he's not always nice to me when I'm on Strangers and Aliens. And <laughs> oh. I would like to see him suffer. <laughs> wow. Poor Steve McDonald. <laughs> Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. So I, I've been trying to figure out how to give it a negative grade, uh-huh. you know, because I was there for so long. So I'm at the point where I'm, I'm going to give it a J. That's <laughs> the grade that it's earned. Now, here's who I'm not going to recommend this movie for. And I know I've ranted on many, many podcasts about this, guys. I know I've ranted about this, but I'm going to say it again. Who don't I recommend this for? Kids. Mm-hmm. Which is lame. This is a franchise that is founded on toys. The kids go to Target, they go to Walmart, they go to all the big box stores, and they see the toys lining the shelf. They want to see this movie. I have a youngster who watches Transformers when he wakes up every morning. He watches a whole block of Transformer cartoons. He needs to be able to go see this movie. Visually, he would love this movie. He would find it fantastic. But when we get into that second half and Stanley Tucci is dropping F-bombs, I'm sorry. It's done. This is not a movie for kids. And this is where I am the most offended with Michael Bay. Because he needs to be making a family-friendly movie here. A tentpole movie that the entire family can go to, including the kids who want to see it more than even your, your guest host, Kobe. This needs to be something for kids, and Michael Bay is three movies in a row failed to make something that I feel comfortable showing to both my youngest and my oldest child. Yeah, the rules have changed. No, but no, I mean, this movie—he's definitely—he's definitely going for a darker edge with this movie, even than you know, even more so than the Dark of the Moon and, and Revenge of the Fallen. I'm just saying, you guys know me—I'm not a stick in the mud. I've taken my kids to every MCA, MCU movie yeah. that there is. There's some dark themes in movies like Iron Man 3. I've never had a problem with taking my kids to an MCU movie. I have, since the first one, I have had a major problem with my children seeing any of these Transformer movies. 
And I would say to you, though, in the situations, I would say to you, though, that he is not at all even trying to make a movie for kids, which is the problem, because no, this he's making is this movie on for, toys. He's making this movie for for us, though, Daniel. And that is why, especially this movie, uh, the Shia LaBeouf character, the the young character that would normally carry a Transformers movie is in the background. And you have uh, Matt Wahlberg. Well, Mark Wahlberg, Mark, Matt, Mark. Mark Wahlberg, front and center. He's he's an adult dad, and we are going to see this movie as forty or thirty something year olds, and we're watching a movie about a dad. Think about it. Hey, hey, I got my hands up in the air. I get it. I get that he understands. I'm the one buying the ticket, but as you said, I'm an adult dad. I want to take my kids. My kids who are enjoying Transformer merchandise that they see on the shelves. And I, I'll be honest. I don't buy my kids Transformer toys just because I don't want to get into the spiral of, great, you've got an Optimus Prime. Prime. Sorry, I can't show you his movie. No, I agree with that. I agree with – I totally agree with that. And it happens it, – it's not just Transformers. It's happened with a lot of properties, especially like ones where they – like Battle of the Planets was a cartoon that I watched when I was a kid. Alex Ross was a fan of it when he was a kid, and so he went and he brought he, or, or bought the uh, the license so that he could develop comic books based on Battle of the Planets for you know, but they, he developed them for people his age. So you have things like people are dying. There's graphic depictions of uh, cat getting dissected, and then you have Keop, the kid character on the show. Well, he's got his porn stash underneath his mattress, and it's a joke, you know. And so I was hoping, oh, Battle of the Planets comic books, they're coming back. I can share this with my son. Nope, you can't because they're not making it for our kids. What they should be making is something we can share with our kids instead of something that we are – we have a dichotomy where it's either us or the kids. Is it for adults or for kids? And they should be making something that we can go to with our children to see. And yeah. But that's not Michael Bay. That's the thing. You've got the wrong director in the chair if that's the kind of movie you want. I'm just saying everybody can pick and prod at the fact that he doesn't understand story, that he's all about the action. He's all about the big uh, special effects. I don't care. Just make me a movie I can take my kids to. Well, it's not this one. <laughs> Here's the thing. I Now, I, I mentioned my wife decided she wanted to go on a date night to go see this. And one of the reasons we were doing it is because of the last two Transformer movies. We, I had seen them. She had not. My kids had not. And I said, I just don't know if the kids would go. And she was really, really interested in the kids being able to go. So I was there to evaluate it to determine whether or not we would return on a, on a weekend morning to watch it again. And the, the verdict was no because it was too long and I wasn't going to waste another three hours of my life. And even if I would bring them there, I'm not going to deal with the language. And again, not a stick in the mud. I can vouch I know him. He's not a stick in the mud. He's a family man. People are family man. <laughs> um, okay, I just want to. I know Ben. We haven't heard from you yet, but I, you know, you talked about we're people that paid to go see this, and I know it's it's sort of embarrassing. Like we know that these movies have been bad in the past. I mean, just not not high quality bad is what I mean. And yet on opening day, it made forty one million overall. This uh, it got a hundred million dollars in its opening box office weekend. Why are people still seeing these movies, even though they're widely regarded as bad? Again, quality wise, and, and there's going to be a sequel. There's going to be a sequel. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's going to exactly. Be a sequel. So, so the question is, why? Why do people still go see this? Like, this is the uh, now. I'm actually starting to, you know, I don't always agree with my co-host on the Sci-Fi Christian, but uh, I have a Ben on that on that show too, not Ben Avery. And Ben over there says at some point. We have to stop seeing these movies so that they'll make higher quality. I don't always agree with him. No, I disagree with that completely, though. Okay, well, that's that's not the problem. The problem is not that it's a sequel. That does not make it a low-quality product. No, no, no. I know. I'm not saying that. This is a Michael Bay movie. That's what makes this movie what it is. So, okay, what I'm asking is we should have had some expectations that it wasn't going to be great, but we still feel disappointed. So I don't. That's the thing. Here's my thing. I went in expecting garbage. I went in planning – the only reason I went and saw this in the theater – this is the only Transformers movie I've seen in the theater 
except for maybe the first one. I think I might have seen the first one in the theater. The only reason I went was to do this podcast episode. Okay. Like, I went as Strangers and Aliens, Ben. That was the <laughs> only reason. Okay, so – but I'm going in and thinking to myself, there is no way it can be as bad as the last two Transformers movies. And there's – it's highly unlikely it's going to be as bad as the first one. But it's possible, you know? And here's here's who I recommend this movie to. If you are interested in seeing a Transformers movie and you've never seen one before, see this one. This, no. is, this is the one. No. This is the one. It is better than all the other three. And you can get all, like, the best parts of the other three movies in this one, but you don't have to sit through nine hours of movie. You can only sit through three. See? You're actually cutting down on time. Or 12 hours. You, but you, you you go see this one. If you've not, if you've never seen a Transformers live-action movie, see this one. It's the best of the Transformers live-action movies. I don't know if I agree. I So I'm just basing... I still like the first one because I like Mindless Violence. Yeah, so I've only seen each of these movies once. But I do remember liking the first one the best. And I'd say that this fourth one is probably the second best. I think it goes one, four, three, two. Final rating. I think it goes four, one... Actually, four, one, two, three would be my, and, my final and rating. And I try not to think about them. <laughs> but see, yeah. that's that's the thing is this is a movie that it's doing well because the people who have the the uh, the income, the, so the kids who are going to college. The last time a Transformers movie came out, they were in high school, right? And so maybe they weren't driving yet, and so they weren't getting into the theater on time or whatever. And so here is it's another movie. It's not a reboot. But it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, we're going to go and see it. Why? Because it's there. And it's did a summer hear, movie. Sorry. Did anybody hear Miss Shia LaBeouf? Nope. No. Oh, no. No. Yeah. And that's the thing. Is, is Something else for people. It's not spoiler, but there are no human characters returning from the original trilogy. The yeah, only returning characters are, well, basically Optimus Prime is the only <laughs> I think technically oh, the only returning character. Oh, Bumblebee. Bumblebee. And Bumblebee, yeah. And Bumblebee. So, I mean, this is the movie to go to. If you've never seen one, you want to see what it's about, go to it. That's who I recommend it to. I also recommend it to... People that, who that's who I recommend it to. <laughs> people who are drunk? Uh, maybe. See, the thing is, it's too long to be like a bad movie night kind of movie. Well, you, and you would lose your buzz no matter how much Bud Light you drink. You know, you're going to do the product placement like the movie. <laughs> the, it's too long to to just sustain the laughs for the badness. Um, and there is a lot of badness to it. But uh, the other thing is, of all of the Transformer movies, I understood the story on this one the best, I think. Which one of the stories? Which one of the three that they were running? Well, it's better three than twelve. It's a streamlined movie. It's a better movie than all the other ones. It takes out all the potty humor or most of the potty humor. It takes out most of the most of the racism. It takes out most of the most misogyny. Of the racism. I, it's <laughs> I, so it's just the, the casual because yeah, there's there's no stereotypes for people in Asia in this movie. Well, that's just it. That's why I say and most. They, okay, they all know karate. Uh, well, hey, you, hey, can I tell you what I liked? Yeah, I, I actually have something I liked. I liked Lockdown. It was a cool character. That was the Boba Fett. Yep. Lockdown that, was cool. Was that the and green one? Like, it was the bounty, the, uh, the, bounty the robot bounty hunter. Yeah. The, oh, the thing is, and, and where I, what they could have done is they could have made a Lockdown movie that did not have the human antagonist at all, and you could have shortened it out and made it well under two hours. Instead of at points, me wondering as I'm sitting there, I wonder what Lockdown's doing now. <laughs> Wait, I okay. I, maybe we'll talk about this more in the next section, but I want to come back to what you liked about him. I just, th I just thought he was an awesome visual. I thought he was a cool character. When he says the Boba Fett, I'm attracted to him because of the fact that he, you know, he's a really cool warrior type dude. But unlike any other character that I remember in any of the other Transformer movies, this is yeah. the only time I have a character where I'm interested in finding out where he came from. And what he's doing. You know what it could be is the fact that you know Optimus Prime has a white hat and you know Megatron has a black hat. But Lockdown, I don't know what color his hat is. Was there any character like that that drew you into any of the other movies? No. There wasn't. Mm -hmm. Nope. This is the strongest of the movies. Does that so mean you, 
does that mean I give it a grade of <laughs> something higher than average? No, I'm still going to give this a C minus. And that's being really, really generous, I think. You know what else I did? You want to hear something I didn't like, though? What? Did not like, and you'll be shocked by this one. I didn't like the fact that John Goodman voiced Hound because every time Hound spoke, I thought, wow, Mike is sure shooting a lot of bullets off. Oh, you know Scully. what? I did not even know it was him. Oh, oh yeah. Sully. 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 Oh, shit, Sully. Look at me. Sully. I'm totally missing my – I'm the Disney guy for heaven's sakes. Not anymore. Yeah, I lost that title. <laughs> no, I totally didn't even know it was him. I liked his voice, but I didn't know it was him. Yeah, it's really great in Monsters, Inc., Monsters University. Shoots oh. a lot less guns. <laughs> okay, so I think we're going to turn it over to spoilers in just a moment here because we have some very – there's some very specific things that I would like to just kind of make fun of and get into. I actually want to get into the spiritual, the spiritual lesson that this movie gives us. Oh, there's a big one. There's a huge one. Let's there's talk about that huge first. One. Well, you want to talk about that now or want to talk about it with spoilers? After the spoilers. Yeah. Hit that music. All right. We're going to do it. Going into spoilers. Now, we recommend this to almost nobody. And it gets an average grade if you Steven, factor in the J. Steven, drive on over. Drive the bus. Park it. Make sure you spend the most amount of money you can on it. Sit back and relax, buddy. If you Enjoy factor the in the J grade that Daniel gave it, I think it has an average grade of G from the three of us. So, yes, let's let's turn it over to spoilers now. Spoilers. 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 <clears throat> okay. So let's talk about the spiritual themes behind this movie. And there there are a few. There are a few. I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with this. And it's the – to me, I know we'll, we'll talk about some funny lines in the movie. But to me, it's like this movie was going on and on. And there were good parts and really bad parts. And then, okay, it's about to end. You know this is the end. And then it's just like the weirdest – line by Optimus Prime. Okay, this is not where I'm going, but we definitely need to talk about this line. This is, that's a, this is the spiritual thing I got out of it. So <laughs> it, that, This is how I feel about Ben. Every time I look at the stars, that's how I feel about Ben. Yeah. And the, I mean, this line makes no sense. Okay. It's out of nowhere. He's but like, but it's set up. It's set up, okay? At the beginning of the movie, when he's out on the porch, and he's thinking about his daughter, and he's got that truck, and they've argued and everything. What do you see go by? A shooting star. star. Yeah. You see a so shooting now, star go by. Okay, so then? So then Optimus Prime is saying goodbye. <laughs> at the end of the movie. And he says, whenever you look to the stars, think of one of them as my soul. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is it? And that's the last line of the movie, right? Is that how it ended? He flies away? Wait, no, wait, no, that's wait, not the last whoa, line whoa, whoa, whoa. because let's he... Pause, let's, pause, whoa, whoa, let's pause for a minute. He, yes. if Optimus Prime flies away after three movies in which it's established that he can't leave the planet. Oh, but wait, he had a power-up. See, that's the thing is I've heard other people complain about this and I couldn't tell them because it was a podcast and you can't talk back to them without looking really silly as you're... Walking down oh. the hall at your church. Did the magic sword? Did the magic robot sword power him the up? The magic robot that sword that gave him extra armor powered him up. There's there's a power up going on there, and he gets like the there's some backpack thing or something, a jetpack kind of thing, and so he's like he's he's armored up. I mean, there's extra weapons and stuff that he has that he didn't have before. So this oh, is why this he's is able to leave the planet at the end now. of this movie. So when you guys heard that line, first reaction, <laughs> I laughed, man. Out, I laughed loud. out loud. Out loud. It makes no sense at all. And so was my wife. She was <laughs> laughing just as hard. You know what this makes? Daniel, I was just thinking, the last time you and I saw a movie together with our wives, we saw the Lego movie. Neither of us liked that. But this made the Lego movie look amazing. I mean, I may not like movies anymore. <laughs> the Lego movie's not meant to be profound. Like, they, they write the Lego movie and it's meant to be, okay, anything profound that's happening in that movie generally speaking it's going to turn into a joke all right or it's going to turn into a, a thing about fathers you need to let your sons play with your toys man you shouldn't just be collectors mm -hmm. or whatever because you're a horrible dad but the, <laughs> the, that line whenever you look to the stars whenever you look to the stars think of one of them as my soul 
<laughs> and it just it doesn't even make any sense in the context of their conversation. Now they do talk about souls a couple times earlier in the movie because they have souls, right? Yeah, because the Transformers have souls, oh, or do they? They're created. They're you know they were created with a reason. They don't know what it is. The movie doesn't end with that line. As he goes and flies into space, he sends a message to the creators, telling them, "Oh yeah, don't come back to this planet." I will destroy you, or whatever, okay? So he's flying into space, and you know what I'm reminded of? I'm reminded of the ending of Prometheus. As the chick and the the android head get into the spaceship and fly off into space to go look for the creators. Mm. It's the same ending. That's interesting. And the ending of Superman, the the movie, flying around the Earth in space. Yeah, but he's not looking for his creator there. Um, Maybe. If you kind of look deeply into <laughs> We end the movie yeah, with him going off deeply. to find the creator, and we started the movie seeing the hand of the creator making Transformium. <laughs> Is that real? <laughs> Transformium, yeah. No, it's a thing. I don't, remember that being the, I don't remember seeing the hand of the creator. Yeah, it was, it was an alien hand in a spaceship pressing a button to drop the bombs on the... Mm-hmm primordial landscape oh yeah it was like a pink lizard hand it's a thing so is that so the next movie is the, the creators are coming to earth man i know like don't threaten somebody and tell them not to go someplace just don't bring it up just let it be well but it sound, but here's the thing i mean the um lockdown was sent by the creators to find the like legendary seven knights or whatever and optimus is one of them at least that's that's what I think was happening there. Yeah. And so now he's coming to them. You want me? You're going to get me is what he's saying. So were the Dinobots, were they also some of the other knights? I think that they were. I think yeah. that's the that was the idea behind the Dinobots was that they were knights and that well, Lockdown had but, found them. See, I agree that at one point it's like you're supposed to believe that they're the knights. But the thing is, is they are clearly – they're clearly primitive they're primitive thinkers, and why wouldn't the other knights, the other six, be as cognitive as Optimus? And why did Optimus start riding on one? And why? Yeah, you don't ride on your your colleague. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know. And why did he even have to? He had to like break him like a horse. That's true. Oh, so here's the best line. Then if we're gonna go there. Yeah. This is the best line of the whole movie. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, where'd that go? I want to get it right. Oh, here it is. Oh, I've got mine ready. (laughs) This is the best line of the whole movie. Optimus has his sword. He's fighting the Dinobots, and he says, We're giving you freedom. Defend my family or die. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. Isn't that the opposite of freedom? (laughs) That I'm going to threaten to kill you unless you do what I say. That's kind of the exact opposite of freedom. Yeah. That it just bad. doesn't make any sense. He's like putting his sword to their necks and stuff. And yeah. I'm giving you freedom. All the Dinobot stuff, they pushed it so much in the trailers. Oh. I'm surprised by how little of a role they played in the movie. Well, and that's the other thing well, is. And how many people want to see it because of the Dinobots? I had a guy at work who told me he was dying to see it because of the Dinobots. Hey, have your three minutes. And I thought they'd be the villains, but they are kind of helpers for a second, and then and they then he let them roam free. I mean, these are basically okay, crazy, what are they do? crazy robot animals roaming free on Earth. Thanks, Optimus. Nice yeah. work. And here's the other thing: is I thought we were seeing the origin of the Dinobots six million years ago when those ships came, and I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. This reminds me of like a Godzilla movie kind of thing where. You know, maybe you know this is the origin of them. Six million years ago, they're going to get trapped or something, and they're going to get found in the in the future. And dinosaurs were found that were encased in Transformium in the present day. But they're not Dinobots. But they're not the Dinobots. Yeah, that scene didn't play any purpose other than just showing the magnitude of the power that the creators have. Otherwise, well, no, it also set up the idea of the seeds that create the Transformium. And so that's the whole MacGuffin is the seed, the, the seed thing that they, that they have, that the creators have. Yeah. So that's the – I mean the setup is there. Like th- that's the thing. This movie it gets halfway everywhere. Everywhere it's going, it's going halfway. 
we're giving you setup for things that are going to happen. It doesn't make much sense. But uh, and, and every once in a while, there'll be just a there'll just be a, a, a cut from one scene to the X. Like when <laughs> Optimus finds his buddies, all of a sudden Optimus is fine. Like there's no repairs going on or anything. He's just all of a sudden completely fine. But he's been shot up and, and weak the whole first thirty minutes of the movie. But I that's feel okay. better whenever I find you guys. <laughs> Daniel, what was your favorite line in the movie? Well, it it also goes to a deep spiritual lesson in this movie. We can't go home, Dad. They blew it up. <laughs> Come on. Can't go home. We can never go home. They blew they, it up. Even after that, they talk about going home and going to graduation and, and all that kind of thing. That was that was also a laugh out line. Uh, I, I can't. <laughs> we can't go home, Dad. They blew it up. Okay. I was I there. Sure, Daniel, I thought for sure you'd say one that's by an actor that's from... Oh, you're talking about Agent what? Blake's. My yeah, so face Agent is Blake. my, my well, face whoa, is whoa, my whoa, whoa. Don't, don't Just set, set it up before you say the line. So you've got Agent Blake from... Uh, what's that show you guys like? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, Agents something like that. Yeah. Agents of Arrow. Yeah, he okay. was also, also featured in, in the great TV show Lost, the same actor. And so Agent Blake says... Daniel, go ahead and take it. Well, he's asked by um, Mark Wahlberg where his warrant is, and he says, "My face is my warrant." And it again, makes no it, sense. It makes no sense because he doesn't. He's a, he's a clandestine CIA agent. His face means nothing to this guy. He's a he's a mystery man. Yeah, you, you'd yeah. say that if you were like, if you're Superman, you, you were say, Jake "My face is my warrant." If if you're if you're. Uh, even yeah, if you're like a, well, a well-known crime fighter, that yeah. Even sense. if you're like Clint Eastwood in the uh, Dirty Harry movies, you know, you could go almost go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. Uh, uh, it, it makes no it's sense. No sense. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, okay, that was uh, my second. Jo- I mean, it's close. If that last line hadn't been there, my face is my warrant would have been my number one choice for worst line. So, what's your choice for worst line? Well, it was the soul. The you know. Okay. This guy. That's my. Yeah. I think that's the best one. Think of one of the people. Yeah. Someone you you sent out a a link to us about the seventeen cheesiest lines. There, and and some of these aren't really that cheesy. They're just dumb and badly written. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's the thing. This whole movie is badly written. <laughs> it's just there's a lot that yeah. I, you can follow the movie, but that no, doesn't mean it's going to make sense. Yes, you, you can. can't. Yes, no, you, can. you can't. And here I'll give you an example. Okay. Okay. So lockdown ship is going off into space. Right. Okay. The Transformers virtually steal a half of it. No, 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 no. They don't steal a half of it. They steal like one-eighth of it maybe. I thought that it's was a an big, escape It's a big chunk. It's actually part of the ship. It's it's a whole that. section of the ship that, that they, they pilot off of it. But there's like multiple – there's multiple yeah, but sections. But we're supposed to believe that Lockdown is smart, but he can't understand that a significant part of his ship is just he's just left. Come on. And it takes him like a half an hour. He's like out in space where he's like – it's The ship is analog. Go? The ship is analog. That's – he's not getting any kind of digital readout that's saying you this part's missing. You are a transformer apologist, my good man, and and I, I cannot take this anymore. <laughs> You want to get into the deep spiritual thoughts that I thought of, though? Yeah. Good luck. I'm going to play Plants vs. Zombies, too, so go ahead. (laughs) Optimus Prime is talking to Mark Wahlberg, and he says, How many of my kind must die to atone for your mistakes? Mark Wahlberg says, That's what humans do. Make (laughs) mistakes. We make you die for us. (laughs) Make mistakes. And then he says, Look past all the junk. And see the treasure. Dudes, that theme right there is the entire theme of the movie. Look past all the junk and see the treasure. Mark Wahlberg, what does he do for a living? He fixes up junk. Mm-hmm. He takes the junk and turns it into treasure. Right? And so he's telling Optimus, Optimus, you've got to look past the junk and see the treasure of humanity. We make mistakes, but you can look past that and see the treasure. Mistakes and then what happens right after all that stuff is going on? The the uh, the the uh, the the technology guy. Uh, what's his name? Jacob. 
is it Jacob? What's what's the what's the actor's name? Tucci, Stanley Tucci. Oh yeah, jo- isn't it Joshua Joyce? Oh, Joshua Joyce. Yeah. Okay, Joshua Joyce. Stanley Tucci. He proves it because he's he's the bad guy that you're supposed to hate at the beginning of the movie. At the end of the movie, he turns. Mark Wahlberg speaks to him on the phone. I don't know how he got the number, but he calls him directly and says, I'm talking to you inventor to inventor. You know this is wrong. And Stanley Tucci, he turns. He becomes a good guy. He is the junk that has treasure inside. And that, my friends, is one of the best and most beautiful parts of Christianity is that Jesus looks past the junk and sees the treasure. And he died to atone for our mistakes. He didn't complain like Optimus. Yeah, Jesus is better than Optimus. Oh, much better. Optimus is such a whiner. Can we go, I mean, again, not to just pick on, I mean, that was a good, good job, Ben, there. Uh, No, this is intentional, though. This, this theme is intentional throughout this movie. And, and actually, I'm really glad to see something as weak and as poorly drawn out as it is. This movie actually is almost trying to be about something. I want to cry. Again, I didn't see that in any of the other movies. Yeah, this is this is pretty good. I think you said I think you found something in there that it's a hidden gem. You yourself found a treasure there. Well, that's just it. Like, this movie is the junk that we're looking for treasure in. You you need to write this up as a devotional. Yeah, this. <laughs> the gospel and, and according to maybe, Transformers, and, and that way maybe something good could come from Transformers: Age of Extinction. So I don't want to just pick on lines, but there are funny lines. And the one you just said is another one that I'm talking to you inventor to inventor. <laughs> like, okay. That means I know you care. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's the problem. Do you think they ever heard the lines they were saying? You know, sometimes when you talk about, like, preparing a big speech or something, you practice so you can hear it out loud. I just don't get the sense that they really heard what they were saying. They were just, you know... You know, you know what, though? They didn't worry about it because they just said, oh, it's Michael Bay. No, they didn't worry about it because they're like, and I sign my name with a big M as you cash my check. Yeah. <sighs> Should we talk about uh, some of the characters? Sure. Let's talk about all the characters. All right. Lead us they're through bad. and Go ahead. Well, we've got Mark Wahlberg. Uh, he's not the worst thing ever. He's no, not a, no. I actually a, liked him. That's the thing. That's the other thing about this movie is that unlike the other three, I actually like the characters in this movie. You didn't like Josh Dumel? Yeah, I, I did kind of like him. I did kind of like him. But that's the Mark Wahlberg character is the Josh Dumel character. And the Josh Dumel character is the one I wanted to see the most of in the other movies. I didn't want to see Shia or Shia or whatever his name is. I wanted to see more of the Josh Dumel character. I wanted to see a more mature, interesting and proactive character and not mopey dopey Shia LaBeouf who is just complaining about how terrible his life is in in all three movies yes because his life is terrible I mean for being a complete loser he seems to pick up girlfriends pretty easily he he does but he also gets decent jobs yeah he does get decent jobs and he's got a really cool car which is also his best friend we Which, need to get him some medication. Well, and that's my understanding is that that's why Transformers was the way it was. Is because Steven Spielberg saw it as the story of a boy in his car. And that's what he wanted. And that's what it should have been. And that's kind of what we got. But it doesn't work. This isn't E.T. If it had been about a boy in his car and it had the heart of E.T., I think we'd be talking about a completely different fourth movie right now. But... <sighs> But we can't go back and change time as much as we would like to build a time machine and go back in time. Instead, we can just watch what was given to us when we paid our $10 to do. I saw you 3D, my friend. Oh, you did 3D? I no. had to. It was the only It was the only mo- showing that started in time for me to get home at a decent time. Hey, hey, Matt, I don't know if you noticed this, but our theater had like twice as many, if not three times as many, showings in 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did notice that. Because we only – we're like, when are we going to go? Oh, I'm sure it's going to be like every half hour. And then we looked and it was like, oh, we can go then or two hours later. It's like 1045 or 245. It was ridiculous. You start in the morning, that is. 
All right, comment. next character. <laughs> uh, so Tessa, his daughter. Uh, th- horrible. I don't think it's horrible. Well, okay, because I'll save, I'll save horrible for her boyfriend, but for the daughter, I mean. So well, like what's her right? job? What's her job? Her job her- was to come in and to wear short clothing. That was part of her job. And to be in distress. And on another talk, slight part of her job. Talk badly about her father. Right. But what's Maybe. her character arc? You talk about her being in distress. And what happens when she gets saved a couple times? She runs to her she, boyfriend and thanks her boyfriend. Right? But what does she do at the end of the movie? <laughs> Goes to her father. <laughs> See? Her yeah, job is to take care of her father and let her father take care of her. And she's not doing the second part. Okay. So let's talk about the boyfriend, Shane Dyson, and what oh, his okay. job is. Sorry. Oh, you know his name? <laughs> this this guy is the horrible character. He's the worst character. And he's supposed to be uh, <sighs> something that we can relate to. But he's just like a horrible example of a man. If you look at how he was speaking to Cade as the father of his girlfriend. I remember one line well, was he like, is an adult. I know. But, but the one line was. <sighs> that was so uh, awkward. Kate's like, let's go save my daughter. He's like, we're not going to save your daughter. We're saving my girlfriend. It's like, okay, guy. And, and he has What's done a lot of extensive research to justify the reason he's having underage sex. I I did not get why that was even in the movie. Oh, I do. It was Just like a, make it the guy upset. 18. Just make oh, him 18. Yeah. And why was he, he – so he carried a laminated card with the law that makes it okay for him to sleep with somebody who's he not He has 18? to in case he gets picked up by law enforcement – because the father calls law enforcement in on him. Yeah, why is that scene there? Because Michael Bay doesn't want to hear people complain that he had a twenty-year-old having a sex with a, having sex with a seventeen-year-old. Oh, that was that's why that scene's there. Awful. Yeah, ben, Ben's right. Why not just make the character a high schooler? Because he is Michael Bay, and he doesn't have to. Oh. Uh, okay, so there's some awkward things going on there, as far as, and, and I'm I'm feeling the awkwardness in a different way because I have daughters who are starting to go through puberty. In fact, this movie's so long that one of them had actually gone through a puberty. The, <laughs> and, and I came out of the movie. I was like, what? Where's my daughter? Oh, you're, hi. You're engaged now. You were like so young when I You're left. engaged to a Irish race car driver? Oh, in he's Texas? Got a, he's got a laminated card. You're okay. Oh, okay, so... That scene I was talking about before we did the spoiler thing where you actually framed Mark Wahlberg in her legs. It was like from The Graduate. You know, the picture, the famous yeah. picture of the legs in The Graduate? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the camera is asking you to linger on the female form but also think about her father being right there. And on one hand, I think, you know, that's that's almost – there's some metatextual stuff there. Obviously, he's not – and I don't think he's intending it that way, but – but on the other hand, I I'm feel – say this. I feel what Mark this. Wahlberg is going through. When you're an adult and a married man and you're going out on date night to see an action-adventure movie, you don't want to sit there and think about the fact that you're a father of a young daughter and that this is really, really creepy because you're there on date night. I was not on date night. The couple in front of me was, and I hope that they were thinking about, well, how are we going to raise our daughter? Yeah. Now yeah. we're going to raise her with, with healthy lungs, but beyond that, what are they going to do? Well, unlike um, Mark Wahlberg, this is a dating house because I date my wife and it didn't feel very date-ish because I was thinking way too much. <laughs> but that's what – OK. I, I'm going to say this, Daniel. This movie, this blow em up shoot em up movie had you thinking about ideas didn't it i don't did any of the other transformers movies have you thinking about ideas um anyway this was a completely transformer movies to think the truth of it is they could have completely taken all of that age stuff out and i don't think people would have even noticed no they wouldn't have they would have just assumed that he was a teenager who could drive really they well. would assume that he was possibly 18 and they would have assumed that she was possibly 18 she's graduating they, that year or maybe people would have thought that he was a wicked warrior robot oh that car that he's driving pulls into the screen and you think that's another autobot coming to help optimus prime that's and then the tire the front tire punches 
graveyard wind guy in the face. Cemetery wind. Hello. Whatever. And you're like, obviously, an Autobot. Yes. And then, oh, I laughed out loud when that happened, too. That was so awesome. That was possibly one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, when you think it's an Autobot, that's kind of a cool scene. And then you find out it's not an Autobot, but then he's driving, and what does he say? I've never driven this well before. Why has he never driven this well before? Maybe because his car is an auto... No. Not because of that. It never never happened. It never pays off. Let's just be glad she's got the best hands in the business, or otherwise they'd be in hot water. Don't... uh, And see, that's uh, another thing. On the break. On the break. But... On the other hand, on the flip side of that, yes, I don't want my son watching this movie because of some of that stuff. On the flip side, you've got a father in the scene reacting to it. I appreciate that. I don't necessarily like it still, but that's further. That's why I say it has less of the misogyny. It's not as much in the as in the other movies. Yeah, because it makes it better that there's somebody who's actually there reacting to it. No, he's Even reacting. It's still, uh, it's, uh, he's reacting to say, wow, that is really I, inappropriate. I'm going to put on Matt Anderson's sunglasses now and just listen to you talk. <laughs> hey, I left my sunglasses at your house. Keep those there. <laughs> All right. So, oh, my. Next, okay. Uh, so, so, those so, are the, those are our primary regular. But, and cast. we all agree that we hate, we hate the boyfriend. The boyfriend. I didn't even – again, there's many parts of this movie you could pull out and it wouldn't hurt the movie. The boyfriend character I, is one of those parts. Mm-hmm. And I spent the entire movie trying to figure out who he was and where I had seen him before. Uh, do you know? Yeah. Uh, Delivery Man. From – I haven't seen The that. movie Delivery Man. Oh, I have no idea what that the, is. The Vince Vaughn movie. He's, he's the father of like 50 kids. Oh. Uh, no, like 200 kids. Hey, let me it's let perfect. me say something positive. I'll, I'll speak positively about character. I actually kind of like Kelsey Grammer. Okay, yeah, really... the the dark ops people. Yeah, and the reason I like Kelsey Grammer is because he's the kind of villain I look for, which is he. You can kind of get behind him. You can see why he's doing the things that in the movie makes him the antagonist, but his reasonings aren't evil. He has a good motivation that's protect his country, protect the world. Aliens are bad. We can kind of get behind that. And make uh, a little money on the side. Just like Lex Luthor. There it is. So I, I thought Kelsey Grammer, I mean, really, all none of the bad guys were bad except for um, Titus Williver, the guy who was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was just mean for no reason and didn't mind shooting and killing people. But the, but, rest, of the, the rest of the bad guys had redeeming aspects to them. But here's the thing about him is I always look at Agent Blake up until the time he got hurt in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D is being um, kind of stiff, kind of an office guy, and not really very scary. And especially in the scene um, where he's, like, jumping down the building and trying to chase Cade, he was he was a scary bad guy. He was, he was and that was a great scene in a different movie. <laughs> I don't know why we had to – again, we're talking about a movie about Transformers. Um, he would this, have looked great in a Bourne movie. Yeah, it, totally, totally. And that's where we get Chekhov's football by the way, in that scene, Chekhov's football is a, a rule of light of writing that says, if you're going to hang a football on the wall in act one, you need to fire it in act three. And no, what do we do in act one when they're in the theater and there's all this kind of meta textual things going on where they're talking about sequels and talking about 3d movies and that kind of thing in this old rundown theater, which I can't figure out what they were trying to say there, but I'm not going to worry about that. We find out Mark Wahlberg, he's a pretty good football player. He's got a nice arm. He's got a good arm. And so what happens when they are in China, they fall into the one apartment of someone who has a football on the shelf. And he uses that football to take out Titus Welfer. (laughs) Just football to the face and he falls out the window and he is done. He's dead. That yeah, might, that's a good arm. That, that was weird. Um, ben, what other characters did you like? Well, uh, Kelsey Grammer. Let's let's stick with him for a moment because you're right about him being. There's there's, okay. Again, there's some depth to that character. Did you see any depth to any bad guys in any previous Transformers movies? Megatron. There's uh, depth to that character. 
I don't know. Really? Yeah, because Megatron, Megatron who Megatron, slept through the whole first movie? Megatron just wants to bring peace through, through his war. benevolent rule. <laughs> I'm going to give you freedom by making you slaves. He's from the same school as Optimus, I think. Uh, who else do we have then? We have Kelsey Graham. We talked about um, we talked about uh, the, the the technology guy, and that, that I mean that's the other thing is this is a smaller cast. So let's talk about Transformers. Optimus Prime. This movie could have been just about him, and I would have been happy. Yeah. Take out all the other Autobots and just have Optimus Prime versus the world. Well, and you begin to feel that way as the Autobots are all being chased down and you see Ratchet get killed early. And you're like, hey, who's left? Who's left? I liked Ratchet getting killed early. Well, the, between Ratchet getting killed early and Lucas getting killed early, I thought to myself. Oh, we didn't talk about Lucas. You, oh. Any, anybody can die. we got to go back. all going to die. Lucas, at first I was annoyed because I knew he was going to be the comedic. Uh, relief character, and I was like, this guy's not that funny. But then, guess what? He grew on me a little bit, and so I started to think that guy's pretty funny, actually. And then he betrayed his he betrayed his boss and his boss's daughter, mm-hmm. and called the government. And then oh. you're thinking, what an idiot! And then you find out, no, he wasn't doing it because out of out of malice. He was doing it because he's an idiot. And, and, and so, probably one of the best lines is when they're driving away from. The Black Ops team, and he's like, uh, "I don't think we're gonna get that money." Or, <laughs> yeah, or however he said it, I can't remember how he presented the line, but that was what, that was probably my favorite line. And I he believe. talked about the scary cars a lot. He talked about how there were cars that were chasing them; they're scary, or the scary Black Ops guys; they're scary. He used the word "scary" often because I guess them. being a cowardly nerd is is really funny. And they killed them because they couldn't have four main characters; they could only have three. Yeah, and that's where the boyfriend stupid three pictured boyfriend should have been gone. Okay, can I, I want to make sure that we talk about two other characters because we're going to run out of time soon. So can I jump in here? Sure, because Lucas isn't that interesting. Bumblebee, Bumblebee seems a little emotionally damaged. Do you think it's because he lost his boy? He lost his best friend, and he's got a little bit of a temper now, and he's he's very proud. They were kind of treating him like a kid. Did you get that? Like Optimus was sort of the father figure and he was sort of the teenage yeah, crazy kid. And, and they make it clear he was a failed leader. Who was? Bumblebee. Bumblebee, Bumblebee was left in charge of the guys in the desert. That doesn't make and, any sense and, to me. I don't remember that. You totally saw their uh, <laughs> they to- um, discipline. <laughs> they totally disrespected him to his face in front of Optimus. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I did like the green Autobot. I don't know his name, but I liked how he was kind of a uh, hound. No, no hound. hound. John Goodman. Right. I think you're talking about. Are you? No, it's the green one. The green one that I, has I like know. a long uh, jacket. Uh, uh, oh, 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 uh, crosshairs. Yeah, crosshairs. cross crosshairs. He was kind of crosshairs? like, I'll help you, but I really care about myself. Yeah. He was almost like a Starscream kind of character, mm-hmm. where Starscream mm-hmm. in the the cartoon was always just jockeying to get into power, and this is. This feels like the guy who's under Optimus but wishes he was the boss. Yeah, I was trying to think of somebody in other some other show that, that I mean he reminded me of somebody I couldn't put my finger on it, but yeah, he you know, he's a good guy, he'll be there for the team, but he really basically cares about himself. <laughs> and I liked Hound. Hound wasn't bad. He just wasn't great. Here here's something that this movie maybe did well. I'll give it this that in past Transformer movies, you can always there's always gets to that point in the movie where there's just tons of robots fighting, and you can't really tell who's who. You're just watching it unfold and hoping for the best. So in this movie, they went out of their way to make the Autobots their own distinct person. Mm-hmm. They, gave, they even if the personalities weren't good, they at least gave them distinct personalities. So you can kind of you know, there's a samurai, there's the <laughs> army guy, there's the one that's kind of a jerk, and there's Bumblebee. And there's Optimus. the girl from up do- upstairs. There's the quiet kid who likes to read. Okay, can you explain to me? They scan they scan cars to get their car and you know vehicle form. Do they scan people's minds to get their English accent or Japanese accent or? Um, yeah, I explain that. Although, who played? It was uh, you're talking about the 
Drift? Yeah, Drift was, he was played. He was Ken Wannabe. Yeah. Though uh, there will be times that I was wondering if it wasn't um, Antonio Banderas. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Uh, <laughs> so we have another character we have to address. Galvatron? Has to be, we have to address Galvatron. Galvatron is. Okay, in, in the original cartoon mythology, Megatron was turned into Galvatron by Unicron. Right? In the movie. The 1986 movie. So Galvatron had Megatron's essence and was just basically a souped up version of, you know, turning into the gun. And, and what they do here is Galvatron is basically just like what you described. A clone. Megatron's mind, but he's basically an Optimus's body. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's... he's, he's Optimus's frame. He's being turned into a, a, a Transformer that's supposed to look like Look, you know, better than Optimus. Be better than Optimus. Optimus 2.0. The same Actually, way that Stinger is Bumblebee 2.0. Oh, that's another thing. Okay, as you're doing the fight, the fight scene, so to make it less confusing, there was just... So Stinger, the Bumblebee copy, is pink or purple or something. And so oh, there's tons of those Stingers. And so you'd always see our characters facing against the pink ones. So if you mm-hmm. saw pink, bad news. They're the bad guy. Yeah, they did a good job color coding for us. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. And and I felt like the action sequences were more understandable. You you could I could follow the geography and I could follow the choreography, whereas in the other ones you you didn't get it, it was you know cut like a music video. That's that's the complaint that people have is it's cut like a music video, and it's just the fast fast quick quick cut cut. You have no idea what's going on because it's happening so fast in front of you. With this, I felt like it lingered more. There's a lot of slow motion, which is a Michael Bay thing. I don't know what you're... Hey, hey, Michael Bay, can we talk about the fact that he totally ripped off Armageddon? But he's ripping off himself. Exactly. If you want to see Armageddon... Watch Armageddon? Is that, just arm, is watch that Armageddon. <laughs> but again, we get the whole thing at the end. You know, Dad's going to take the big one for him. And you're like, well, I guess Ben Affleck's going to get the girl this time. Yeah. Okay. Let's hey, did you guys see somebody put together a video and it's like Transformers 1, 2, and 3 being watched at the same time? Yes. And it's like the exact same frame. Yes. Like Bumblebee comes on screen at the exact same time in all three movies. Or within like uh, seconds. Sheila Buff, same kind of thing. Yeah, it was crazy. I hadn't had heard that. That's interesting. Oh, it is really funny. I think it's Red Letter Media that did it. Yeah, it's nuts. It is really funny. But then you just have them... <laughs> you almost feel bad for them because they're sitting through you know, two and a half hours of three movies happening at the same time. Do you know who I feel bad for right now? You? No, well, <laughs> me. I feel bad for Andrew Stanton. Why? Because, because John Carter was so much a better movie than this one. <sighs> Don't go there. And had so much more to Why say. Are you going there? And was visually pleasing. And nobody went to watch it except for you, me, and Matt. Don't go there. I actually watched it on video once you bought it. Well, I give it to you for free. But um give it to me for free too. So, well you want it. I want it, uh, yeah. Um I give it to Matt as a gift. Thank you. Uh, so it's such a good, good movie. And it's never going to get a sequel. And okay. that whole that whole trilogy that could have been had a lot to say. And I mean, this, you're making making a good point in the sense that there's a lot of great movies out there that just get ignored. And then we got this one making a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Here, here's the thing in the U.S. Right, U.S. alone. Uh, who knows how much it's going to make in China? Because mm-hmm. they went to China. Totally went to China. That's why they went to China. Is because same same as uh, uh, Iron Man three is they had Chinese investors and stuff. But um, okay, <laughs> you say where is that? I'm looking for the, the credits here. Oh, they don't even show it. Wait, I don't think you confirmed earlier. So there were no end credit scenes or mid credit scenes. There right? were none. Okay. There were none. This is just one writer, Aaron Aaron Kruger. Hmm. 
But I saw J. Michael Straczynski's name up there. JMS worked on this movie. Hmm. I wonder what his role was. Uh, he worked on script. But I don't see him at all listed on IMDb. They had Robert Orsi, who was also working on the script. Like they, I don't there's think a, I like things that Robert Orsi writes. I don't. Uh, I really, really don't. Because didn't he help write Star Trek 2? And he, 1. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like what he writes. Him and, and who else was the... Who is his partner? Kurt, Kurtzman and Orsi. Yeah. Alex Kurtzman. Wow, they, they don't list them on IMDb. That is really interesting. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> okay, so where do we... Let's see, how should we end this? Um, I, I think there's only one way to truly end this episode. How's that? I think we all need to go out, walk to our local liquor store, buy Bud Light, preferably in the metal bottle, so we can just enjoy the good life. Oh, man. Product placement was insanity in this movie. Oh, excuse me, Ben. Thor called. He'd like his product placement championship back. Oh, yeah, that's right. He lost it to uh, Transformers. Yeah, he's not going to get it back. Not after this movie. Um, yeah, I, I, To say this would, is going to be bad because it's a sequel, I think is, is a, it's just a – it's the wrong way of thinking. This could have been a good movie if it had been made by different people, written by different people, directed by different people. You could Was it keep the shortest? cast. You could keep the cast. I think don't get an hour shorter. Yes, and make it an hour shorter. Just to make it clear, what I was saying earlier isn't that I don't think we should go to it. It's not that I thought it was bad because it was a sequel. I just think we knew what Michael Bay had uh, when it comes to past Transformers movies. So we kind of knew what was going to happen, but we still went anyways. And you said you went for the podcast. I went because one of my good friends, for some reason, loves these movies. So I. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but uh, here's, here's my thing, Matt. Is I went in not because I was wanting to want to like it. I went in expecting to completely hate it. And instead, I didn't completely hate it. I just hated it. I just didn't like it. Yeah. And so – and this is where I think this is the best of the bunch. And you might as well just – if you're going to watch one Transformers movie, this is the one to watch. If you've already seen one of the other ones, don't bother. Don't bother because this is ridiculous. This is this is just this is Go this ahead. is beyond say it, say ridiculous. It. Say it. Say the two words. Say it. This is ridiculous. With an H. This this Isn't this is an S. This is the one. This is this is this year's Riddick. Whoa, yeah. that's strong. Yeah. Uh, now I don't hate it as much as I hated Riddick, but. Um, yeah, this is – I can't imagine there's going to be a summer movie worse than this one. And that's taking into account Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. That, I, I mean, that looks bad, but this has to be worse. Yeah. Yeah. So my suggestion to everyone is rent Rise of the Planet of the Apes sometime in the next two weeks and then go see Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I think you'll be much more happy than spending – Two hours and forty-five minutes with these people. Oh, I love Planet of the Apes. I, I second that recommendation. Daniel, what's your last word? Um, don't go. It's too late. This is the spoiler. Ever. <laughs> and, and Matt, what's your last word? Uh, it's not the worst. It's not the best. Bland is the word that comes to my mind. Take that, Transformers. All Age right. of Extinction. <laughs> uh, the funniest, one of the funniest lines I heard when it came to uh, critics was, I wish I could... Actually, it wasn't a critic. It must have just been some moviegoer. I wish I could transform my the money for this ticket into something else. Because they didn't like the, the movie. Oh, see, you did transform the money into a ticket. So. I transformed... I transfer my money into a great podcast. Here it is. Strangers yeah. Of course, I'm not – none of us is getting money back for the podcast, but that's a whole different story. So – but like Riddick, if I've warned anyone off, then good. And Daniel, I'm glad that you were here to 
bring your strong <laughs> J grade <laughs> down like a hammer. <laughs> I got nothing. Here's the other thing you'll notice. Edge of Tomorrow, a far, far better movie. Mm-hmm. And yet this movie was, what, twice as long? My Edge of Tomorrow podcast episode, half as long as this episode. I think we have spent enough time on Transformers Age of Extinction. What do you think? Let's yeah. leave. Oh, one more thing, though. Uh-oh. Is Age the new darkness? Transformers, Age of Extinction. Avengers, Age of Ultron. X-Men, Age of Apocalypse. Is Age the new darkness? Because you had Star Trek into darkness. And you had the Dark Knight Rises. And dark this and dark that. Just food for thought. That's my last word. Pretty good. All right. Uh, Daniel, where can we find you? You can find me at a bunch of places like BetweenDisney.com and WelcomeToLevel7.com. Matt, where can we find you? The SciFiChristian.com and a secret project to be announced very soon. Yeah, we'll be releasing something, and it's the three of us. So the three of us on a secret project that we'll be releasing to the internet soon. Yes, I don't know the date, but it'll be soon. There's just one or two things I have to line up before it's done it's not like a no prize where it's not going to be coming to you (laughs) it's actually going to come it is it is indeed and you can find me here at strangersandaliens.com and I think it's time for us to to say goodbye then alright everybody godspeed (laughs) make good choices (laughs) godspeed everyone Thanks for listening to the Strangers and Aliens summer movie series. You can email us at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-804-37-ALIEN. That's 1-804-372-5436. We'd love to hear from you. You can also go to our website, strangersandaliens.com, leave a comment on the blog, or check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. We're also on Twitter, Strange and Alien. Check us out. 